folks. Gavin Roth here with another episode of the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing, sponsored by Elevant, makers of sponsorship software that track, evaluate, and manage all requests for partnerships. Learn more at elevant.co. I'm back from a summer hiatus and thrilled to welcome Pat O'Brien onto the show. You may know Pat from the trademark cowboy hat he proudly wears to industry events. He's a great guy who embodies the spirit of the property he has worked at for the past 16 years, the iconic Calgary Stampede. We discuss how Pat landed the role as manager of sponsorship at the Stampede and who inspired him along the way. We cover how the Stampede plays a crucial role in the Calgary community and how they aligned with their sponsors to lift the spirits of the community during the heart of the pandemic in 2020. Pat shares some of their proudest accomplishments over the challenging last 18 months and how they enthusiastically welcomed fans back this past summer and some of the activations that awaited those fans. Some great insights and inspiring stories. I hope you enjoy. And for more episodes of the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing, follow me on LinkedIn, visit Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, or check out RothRevenue.com. I'm thrilled to be uh, joined by uh, Pat O'Brien, and you know I, I'll, I'll admit I knew I knew your name, I knew you by reputation for a while. I I, I kind of saw you at functions. Always there's the guy with the. I know you took it off. We talked how this will be an audio thing, but the you you just looked the part with the awesome cowboy hat, and here's this guy. He represents the Stampede, and you know, whenever you'd be in Toronto for functions and, but, but we never really knew each other. And then I think it was through a good mutual friend of ours, Val Peck, Valerie Peck, who, where we just got connected. And one day, uh, one of your trips into Toronto, we connected for a beer and uh, we've, we've been best friends ever since. So um, no, I, and, and from that point on, I knew I wanted to have you on the podcast. So thanks a ton for, for taking that time, pal. No, any any time. It was it was funny that you brought that up. We uh, um, I think we were hit or missed each other at different events as well. So I uh, uh, obviously knew you your name as well, and and uh, a lot of people spoke very highly of you. So it's like you know what, got to meet this guy. And then when I found out you're a bald brother of mine, that's uh, that made it even better. So uh, <laughs> another reason why I keep this audio only. You know I. I always tell people, like I'm sure you do too, it's a choice, right? I mean, the thing is, you can't be as good looking as the two of us and have a great hair. It would be unfair. It would be unfair. It's, it's unfair to, yeah. you know, the Ryan Reynolds of the world and and so forth. They, uh, you know, it's just the way that it is. Yeah, we'll stick with that script, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as I like to uh, uh, kind of start with any of my guests, I'd just love to get your journey like you're in. You work for a world, world class, uh, world renowned property in the Calgary Stampede. Uh, so many people would love to be in your type of role. Talk about maybe how you got interested in in the space. I know you, you've through your journey, you were at Alpine Canada. Maybe that created, you know, how'd you get into that, right? Because I'm sure that opened a door for you to go to another great world class property. Yeah, yeah, it was it was interesting. I moved out here. I'm originally from Nova Scotia, so I moved out here in 2000 um, to really kind of kickstart over. I was in sales, marketing, a uh, small amount of event 
management um, through university and, and, and starting what I thought was going to be a sales career uh, with a different industry out east. But it, it really dawned on me that I need to get into sports marketing. I have I, I, I passion for sports. I had a passion. I'm, never, I'm not good at any specific sport. Uh, I can hold my own uh, at sports, but really, um, and, and then I have, you know, uh, a degree in marketing. So it's like, how can I merge the two of them and really understand what the opportunities were? And and I'd never been east, uh, or excuse me, I'd never been west of Toronto. So it was, uh, you know, a guy in his 20s, uh, what do I want to do? So I came out to Calgary. I had uh, family out here and and it worked out really well. I, I uh, now I'm dating myself here. I already said 2000. So oh, yes. Uh, you're understanding the, the time frame, but I actually answered an ad in the Calgary Herald. You don't That's a that wait, wait, pausing. That's a, for, for the listeners, for, for, you know, Roth Revenue Nation. <laughs> That's a newspaper. That's a newspaper ad. Yeah. You can yeah. look that up online. Yes. A print, printed newspaper print. ad. And, um, and it was uh, looking for a uh, event minded sports, um, pa- passionate for sports type individual. And, and, you know, ended up uh, securing that job. And the biggest one was the the woman, which um, I will bring up later, who hired me, um, used to work in the beer industry, and so did I. So ah. she knew the type of, of people that the beer industry um, hired, and and that got me my interview. And we cultivated and off, trained and all that. Great. And yeah, so so that was that was in the that's how it kicked it off in you know, the events industry. That was a couple of months. I did some traveling. Of course, like as people do when you first come out west that you've never been before, down to Denver and all that kind of stuff. Oh. So it was it was uh, it was awesome, and and so I was pretty stoked to to kind of start my career in in sports marketing, and um, and then uh, worked for her agency for just over uh, almost two years, and then one of her biggest clients was Alpine Canada. So she did I all. See. Of them so it started agency. They agents. had Alpine Canada as a client. Okay, carry on. Yeah. Yeah, they had Alpine Canada as a client. They had uh, this the race series across the country. Back then, it was called the Pontiac GMC Cup um, uh, race series for development athletes. And so, yeah, so we would we would run those events across the country, and then all our fundraisers. We did also work the World Cup at Lake Louise. Everything ski racing, everything Alpine ski racing. Uh, we were involved in. And remind me, sorry, you said the year. What year was that? Around when so you now started. We're getting into yeah, now we're getting into 0102. So uh, okay. 2000 when I moved out, 2000 when I started with her, and um, it was a small agency. There's just four of us, and yeah. So it, and then eventually Alpine Canada said, you know what? Um, why don't we bring you in house? So hmm. all her entire agency, she had made the decision to close her doors, and and we all moved in house and became full time employees of Alpine Canada. Um, um, I was such so. a and that I. I tell you, there's few few sports. Uh, I love to ski. I, I wasn't a hockey player um, like a lot of my friends, but I lived on the hills as as much as you can in Ontario. Okay, don't don't look down on me right now. Okay, no, you you said it right. You said hills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's too shame. Here. You guys too have shame. Some, some beautiful but, beautiful properties, beautiful hills. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's, thanks. That, that's seven minutes. Okay. That seven-minute chairlifting, Collingwood is fantastic. <laughs> okay, it's <laughs> very good. Uh, but I loved um, watching the World Cup races. I mean, they were arguably my favorite events. Uh, I always loved the golf majors, the tennis majors, 
but those World Cup Kitzbühel and and Wengen and uh, you know and and obviously Lake Louise and and uh, you know it just I loved watching the crazy Canucks right I grew up on the crazy Canucks uh, yeah. so uh, so I love uh, talking to people who who worked in that space. Well, they you know what it's it's so great because I was in a position where I watched the Eric Gaze and Jan Hudiks and Manuel Osborne parodies and when they were development ski racers. So they were still just made the development team. I mean, I was with the Emily Brydens and the Melanie Turgeons and the Eddie Podovinskys and and really that generation. Uh, and the list goes on. Thomas Grandy, of course. Uh, yes. Alberta. Um, right. uh, Alberta uh, proud. And, yeah, and so, uh, there were so many of them that that were in that 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 they were getting to the peak of their career and Olympic athletes and so forth. Allison Forsythe's another um, amazing athlete. So. Um, so to watch, and then they morphed, you mentioned the crazy Canucks, they morphed and created the Canadian Cowboys. So yes, that's right. You had the John Cucheras, and you had all these amazing athletes who, with Eric Gay, and, and there's criteria, and then you got recognized as a Canadian Cowboy, which I thought was a little ironic when uh, when I ended up changing and, and moving from Alpine to where I went. Um, but it was always See, fun. and I, I, I'll date myself further because I, I love the names you mentioned. Um, and I started with that generation who probably inspired. And I don't think I, I'm going to venture. I'm not that much older than you. I'm, I'm early 50s. But um, but I grew up on watching uh, Ken Reed and Steve Podborski and uh, and uh, uh, Todd Brooker, right? And um, you know, just just that generation of fearless, um, you know, downhill racers. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And so yeah. it was. So anyway, it was it was an amazing uh, it was an amazing time. Um, I was there for six years and uh, traveled, like I said, traveled the country. He's eventually started leading the department around the on-site execution uh, award ceremonies, to opening ceremonies, to on track working with the television crews for the sports nets and making sure all of the uh, everything was working. So it was an amazing opportunity for for somebody who was young and and uh, and traveling the country, like I said, and Having, a, having just an absolute blast with the provincial sports organizations, the volunteer committees, volunteers were amazing. Yeah. And, and it just, they're eventually the, the lifeblood, right? Of, of, they're the of lifeblood. NSOs sure. PSOs. Yeah. So you end up um, building those relationships and you end up uh, getting to a point where you're gaining this experience that is just becoming so transferable and so invaluable that, um, you know, you decide, do you want to stay in this industry? And, and it was never about money for me. It was, it was about, uh, and loving what you do and and mm -hmm. really being um, having a career because I tried the commission on sales pieces and I've tried all that and I didn't have a passion for the brand uh, back then for the company I was with and and so it just seemed like truly a job um, mm -hmm. so um, anyway so it just it, it worked out really well and then I ended up being the rep uh, I was the day-to-day -day contact for the Calgary Stampede when they supported um, our, uh, what was called a barn burner um, at the World Cup at Lake Louise. I was the day-to-day -day contact on anything uh -huh. and everything back in 05, 06 now. And I was, um, I just built those relationships. So at that time, the Calgary Stampede, I didn't realize this, but at that time, the Calgary Stampede had invested significantly um, to have a complete audit and valuation of their sponsorship program here on park, knowing that it really, they weren't. So they were a sponsor of the, of, 
of Alpine, or are you saying an audit of their current of their just their program at the Stampede? Yeah, so two, so both. So they okay. were they were a sponsor of uh, the World Cup at Lake Louise. There, yeah. Um, they had um, discretionary funds dedicated to give back to community-based events outside. So they so they invested and in, and helped subsidize the cost of these media events that we did called the Burn Burner out at Lake Louise. So they did that. And I was a contact there. And then at the exact same time I was doing this, they were having this full audit and valuation done of their uh, own all of their properties yeah. uh, they invested in um, to help grow that revenue stream uh, of their business. Gotcha. So because of that, in 05, 04-05, they recognized that they didn't have enough team members, they didn't have mm. enough people to service their clients to service their sponsors that they currently had. This was all recommendations from the agency that gave them, that did the valuation and, and audit and valuation for them. So it was like, damn, like, let's, we gotta grow this. We gotta, it's such an, an untapped market force uh, on the sponsorship side for Stampede because they would always, always be about the gated missions, about the ticket sales, about food and beverage, very, yes. very traditional um, revenue streams for uh, for a lot of events. So. yes sponsorship back then was was just something they need to tap into and the, one of the recommendations was you need to hire more people You're, uh, you don't have enough people to service these you know uh even back then it was dozens if not uh, over 100 sponsors that they had so it was it was pretty important so what did what happened the the uh the job became available and and um a, a high a woman that who i highly respect um was doing contract work for stampede also doing contract work for alpine canada and she gave me the uh nudge nudge hey pat uh, you should apply for this yeah Love so it, uh, it uh, it worked out well and I ended up uh getting on with the stampede in uh, 06. yeah and and you say you know that you you emphasize the word service there and i i talk about it quite a bit and having worked on in in you know four properties and when you were when you were there when you joined um the stampede i would have been at at the cfl so i probably would have been coming out i would have been out a few times your way but again we we kind of missed each other but um um the, the 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 people who manage the accounts it's so often overlooked the importance of that because you bring in a partner a sponsor you don't service the the you know what out of them right and and just give them tremendous service um they're not going to come back and and so much emphasis is put on finding them i see a lot of properties uh will have will have weaker people kind of managing you got to have rock stars right you got to have rock stars managing those accounts and making sure they get the most out of it and i've seen that evolve positively over the years it, it's so true and and for all your listeners out there that are hiring account managers i don't care if it's within the sponsorship space, within the widget space, whatever industry you're in, they have to know, they need to know their, everything about their clients. They need to know those clients inside and out. Why are they investing yep. with you? What is their prior, what are their priorities? A lot of, you're right. A lot of account managers that are not, don't have that strength that um, the properties need them to have will just fulfill and will just yep. answer the phone and called. Um, no, they said they wanted this, so I'm going to give them this. Well, why do they want that? Yeah. You know, what, what, how can you dive deeper? How can you even be proactive to know what they may want or go to them with, with opportunities and with solutions? Cause at this, at this, with this team, 
the expectation is the account managers are still always selling. So yeah. you're always uh, upselling. You're always providing new opportunities um, for your client base. They may be in a multi-year agreement, no matter. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're not interested in hearing more. So when we, all of our onboarding and all of our interview process, we constantly look, and I highly recommend this for every property out there, highly look for, for talent um, that are going to go above and beyond. I know it's an obvious statement, but sure. that are really going to take a deep dive and really understand the client base because coming off of, and I know we're going to get into 2021 here, but the, it was more crucial than ever. Uh, oh, your, yeah. Your client base um, coming off 21. Yeah, well said. Um, so it, it always fascinates me when I see somebody who's had such a long run with an organization and what are the, there's got to be moments and, and reasons for you know, how you they've been able to retain you and why you've been so loyal to the property. So you come in um, in 06, I think you said. Yep. Here we are in 21. You're, you're synonymous with the property, with the Stampede. What's that journey been like? Um, you know, give me give me a, a touch on every month in that. No, just kidding. Uh, but what, what's that journey been like? And uh, that, that has made it so... Um, you know, such an attractive place for you to to be and grow. Yeah, I think that any anybody who's in any career, it's about work life balance for us. I I, I met my wife in Calgary. She's in Alberta. Um, you know, married two kids later. Calgary's our home. So it was a decision to, you know, if I was staying in the event industry, if I want to stay in sports marketing, um, I'm at the the premier uh, venue. In, in, you know, not only in Western Canada, Calgary, but obviously iconic in, in throughout the country. So, and around the world. So yeah. it was really a an, an opportunity to continue to build the career here. The To answer your question, you really start looking over the years, right? You really start looking at um, some of the, the, the key um, years that really had some pretty amazing, amazing things that, that happened. Um, when you get into 06 to 2010, I accepted the current role and then now, in, in in leading uh, the department was you know coming off of 2010 going into 2011 when we had you know will and kate um the, the future king and queen of england here um in 2011 and and that was so exciting like that's mm. that's a key momentum piece that you can't help you know to remember uh, and especially coming off of the economic downturn in 08 and 09 um it was, it was incredibly difficult when you get into we started in 2010, really 09, 2010, planning for our centennial, which was 2012. Oh. So, you know, where you're celebrating 100 years. And I joked with with so many of our partners, like, enjoy it now. We're making history just being on park because we won't be around for the next one. <laughs> so let's let's enjoy it and let's really uh, and have a ton of fun. And then we had 1.4 million people come down the park uh, over the 10 days. So it was it was just amazing uh, for the centennial. For the yeah. centennial, yeah, yeah. in Incredible. 2012. What would a normal it, year be? Uh, a normal year is over a million. Yeah, yeah. so you're looking you at like almost a 40 percent increase. Well, yeah, uh, which is huge. That's crazy. Those type of numbers, right? And yeah. you couldn't get a ticket to the evening show. You couldn't get you a ticket. Think, you didn't think, by the way, I was that good at math, right? Yeah, 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 yeah it's pretty, pretty good. good, good. Yeah, okay. Great seven math years keeps coming. The, uh, but it was like, you know, it was amazing. And so to answer your question, it's these these key years milestones. Of, of milestones. And then you have tragedies 
right? Mm. You know, 2013, we had the, you know, a 50-year flood that came through the city of Calgary yes. um, that, you know, made, you know, world headlines, um, you know, so it was, it was devastating. It was, you know, it was 10 days before our 10-day event. And what happens? We rallied and we had the event, you know, and uh, we not only had the 10 days, we even had our sneak a peek event that was the, the, the night before, the Thursday night before opening Friday. So it was... And the pride, right? And amazing. that's the team building that, that those getting through those crises brings and builds. It's incredible. And that you, you'll talk about it. Uh, it builds just bonds, right? And, bonds yeah. for it. And, yeah. you know, even my team now, like I had a team member who's still with us today who, you know, she, that was her first year starting <laughs> with the stampede. So that was her first stampede. And so we, we, and we talk about it just, you know, how not only what it seems like how long ago it was, but, you know, what we did and how we, we persevered um, through it. So, yeah. yeah, so it was, you just look at the, the different years and you get into six, 2016, well, it rained nine and a half days uh in 2016 so outdoor event um and so you need to really adjust appropriately based on those and that really created an opportunity for the organization to create our vision campaign and we really now we looked at 2017 very differently because of what we had to do uh in 2016 to get people down to the park mm. right it was you know it was taboo to do any type of really strong promotions on our our park admissions because such a revenue driver right so it was it was fascinating to now in 2016 we said well why not let's change it let's yeah. get people in the park so we created new promotional programs um, and, and and things like that i imagine i keep coming back in my head as you're talking about these moments there are always great opportunities for you to go to partners and sponsors and and have them be a solution provider if they're able to solve help solve a problem for the community and for the patrons, the, that's magic. So I would imagine in those moments, partners stepped up as well, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, a thousand percent because of their reach in the community. I mean, we're getting into, you know, the social media and the digital uh, opportunities. We're getting into the years of of growth of of where, you know, especially after 2014, we're really you know how you build in your strategy here um around the, around that reach right you're not getting hundreds of thousands of people following you at that point you got to build to that but um there was reach there and our partners some of our partners had that the high profile brands that could could really truly touch uh calgarians and uh, people you know the rubber tire market that could come and really enjoy the event so we um we certainly uh, did that and then 17 18 19 were you know, uh, amazing years. Um, we had minimal rain. We had um, the economy was getting a lot better. Uh, there was, you know, it was it was just allowed us to do many different things. We were elevating our programs. We were providing new opportunities for sponsors to come on board and and grow their portfolios uh, and invest with us in in ways they never did before. And ex exceptional experiences is something that that we love. So how can you not only just sit in your suite and watch, watch them, well, now you can get out and do something unique that nobody else can do because you're a sponsor. It was, it really allowed us to, to grow uh, that portfolio. We were always doing that, but we would never think to tie into the military and, and allow um, our, the military helicopter that comes around during O Canada for the, the uh, and, and carries the, the Canada flag for the evening show. We would never think that we would be allowed to have select people in the helicopter with them. <laughs> 
where <laughs> you know so there was there was those opportunities um that no longer happens but we did allow yeah. it allowed it they allowed it to happen for a couple of years so just things like that that i i i share with all those properties out there what do you have that's exclusive and um, but also can be inclusive um for your partners that they go okay wow that's now you're talking it's over the top low and, cost and- and stuff like that. Exactly. Like you, you, there's so many things properties have that it would be no or low cost to you, but it will make, uh, uh, years or a lifetime of, of memories for, uh, a a patron or a sponsor. And, uh, you're right. Like I often point to one of the more simple things that we see on TV, um, a lot, uh, you know, living in, obviously we're Canada and hockey and you see the simple gesture of, uh, a fl- you know, Johnny Gaudreau, um, or Mitch Marner picking on our two markets, giving a kid a stick. Well, that stick costs the organization, what pennies, right? In the grand scheme. Probably nothing. The, the, the they kid, get the exactly. Yeah. Nothing. The kid yeah. sleeps with that stick for, for a year. Right. And then the memory. So the stampede will have every, to your point, I, I love what you said there that every property has those moments, uh, those exceptional memories and moments that uh, they can deliver to partners and to patrons. Um, and sometimes they don't think um, enough about that and the impact those things, those moments will have. So well, well said. Well, yeah. I highly encourage you to to even do it with your, your, um, your, property colleagues from around the world that you're you know we do a lot of work with houston livestock uh show down in in houston and and we share best practices and um you know over the years i've never been down there yet but you know any way that you can provide them with an experience on what you're doing here and they could be reciprocal Mm -hmm. down there um it just sparks and it gets it gets you motivated again it gets you pumped to to really be able to do something for your event and your guests and your sponsors. It's another um, another great point. I'm yeah. I'm amazed you're bringing up some great points. I was surprised. I'm surprised. I didn't expect any insights uh, on this, but uh, um, <laughs> that's why you brought me on, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I need, I need it. Yeah. Um, the 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 point. I kid. I kid. Um, the whole point about you know we can learn so much from others right and and uh like-minded properties and events so maybe just picking up on that point you brought up the houston livestock event like there's got to be other there are other world-class um you know stampedes rodeos uh, livestock events that you you guys study read up talk to visit whatever to take some best practices and I imagine that many look at you guys, right, for some of that inspiration. Talk, yeah, talk about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you got to remember, too, you know, and I'm not, uh, I share this with everybody um, just because they may not be aware, but we're stock contractors as well. So the, the Calgary Stampede and the Stampede Ranch out in Hannah, Alberta, um, we, we have our Born to Buck uh, breeding program. So we actually have bucking stock and bulls that compete uh, throughout North America. So absolutely uh, we're recognized at all major uh, rodeos not only because of the quality of of stock that we're bringing to the national finals rodeo and to houston and to the all-american in texas and and san antonio and the the list goes on um there's so many but um 
Yeah, absolutely. We we anything you can learn, anything that one little uh, bit of information that helps with the animal care, um, which is you know obviously something that we spend and invest a ton um, of time and and resources in to to make sure that we have the best veterinarians to help you know with these animals um, who are there to compete. And they're there. There are four-legged athletes, is what I call them, mm. um, and and they're recognized that way. So we really want to any way that we can learn and and obviously share our learnings um, mm-hmm. from what we have. Happy to do. Do you have you ever seen or picked up on? Hey, that's interesting. They're doing something with that category as a sponsorship. Hadn't thought of that. Let's maybe explore that. Any of those come to mind or? Uh, mostly, on the, mostly on the activation side. So yeah. I loved, I loved what, um, you know, and one of the team members here used to work for TIFF, and mm. I love what TIFF did over the years. I've never been to the event. I would love to to eventually go, but um, I love what they did on creating really that, uh, for lack of a better way to say it, the activation alley. That really the the street is filled with brands to come to life and to provide exceptional experiences for guests. And we really looked at, with our, our midway department, really looked at how can we find that area um, to have a high traffic uh, space for brands to be able to activate, whether it's over the whole 10 days, five days, three days, whatever the case may be. So, That's you know, great. I, great example. I certainly look at those and 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 it's, it's, it's a multi-year process that you want to be able to share um, for when those brands, uh, you know, come to life and invest with the Stampede. They want it turnkey and they want access to people. And that's what essentially what what we have is is access to people. So that's it. Yeah, that's it. Good. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a great example. Let's maybe pivot to mentors like uh, that journey. That's uh, a great one. Um, who who are some of the folks that stood out and inspired you and supported you along the way? Um. So I can help, um, you know, when I did the transition and I brought it up uh, earlier, um, you know, with the agency who, you know, I mentioned the woman that eventually, you know, got me into uh, event marketing and sports marketing, and that's Corey Woolley. So, um, oh, you know, I know that name. Where do I yeah. have I cross paths with Corey Woolley? Go so on. Corey would have been, she would have been, um, you know, part of the SNE sponsorship group in Toronto, which eventually that's became. That's it. MKTG, um, heavily involved in the Scotiabank relationship with the NHL. So, you know, back to, but she lived out here in Calgary and she started her agency on core strategy. So Corey's been, she knows this, we still keep in touch today. Um, she was a, a massive influence in, cool. in how to uh, build and the level of detail and everything that, that you know, I needed to grow uh, as an employee and, and, and the work ethic. So it was... It was, um, you know, somebody that, you know, when I worked that many years with and still kept in touch with and still able to bounce ideas off with, um, I, I definitely have to give a shout out to Corey. But I think that any employee, any, everybody has a boss, um, so to speak. And the, you know, anybody who has that level of, can have that level of passion and that can be, uh, influential to uh, a team member is uh, I consider a mentor of mine and what I hope that I am a mentor to to team members oh, that I, I know you are I'm sure you are yeah for sure no I think yeah and and 
I'd be remiss if I didn't pause here and speak, um, you know, given it's still fresh, but uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, my uh, one of my great mentors, Chris Lang, uh, passed away and, you know, uh, a true, true legend in the industry. And when I decided to do this podcast uh, two and a half years ago now, probably, uh, I said to Chris, you have to be my first guest. I can't imagine doing anything on influencers or sponsorship marketing and starting with anybody else. So I'm curious, did you ever cross paths with Chris, uh, Chris Lang? Chris and I, um, if my memory serves me correctly, only in passing. So we, um, I'm, you know, the way that the industry has grown between, um, I know it's no longer called IEG, but the, you know, way the sponsorship summits and the sponsorship forums have grown, obviously, you know, what Mark Harrison has done with the Canadian sponsorship forum now, sponsorship X has been, uh, absolutely amazing uh-huh. and, and continues to grow. Um, but so I've had those opportunities in those events um or uh part of smcc um, which you know i'm i've been involved with since 2013 so the um the the opportunity um presented itself but i didn't get a chance to uh to yeah. know the way I would have yeah liked. yeah wonderful man um yeah, let's let's shift to you know obviously the world's been flipped on its head we all know and and you guys uh anybody staging a major event like the stampede has had to reimagine so 2021, the event happened not too long ago. Um, talk about maybe how things change, but you know, primarily through a partnership sponsorship lens. But you know, in general, right? I'm sure there were tons of of uh, health and safety protocol uh, changes, which you know uh, would 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 become a massive logistical challenge for any event, but. Maybe just an open forum to talk about the 21 stampede and and then the partnerships and how those uh, changed. Yeah, it's it, to talk about 21, you have to go back to 2020. So it it really kicked off in March of 2020, just like the events industry around the world, uh, essentially uh, got flipped upside down. Um, we're no different, um, whether it's sport, whether it's festivals, whether it's music, um, <clears throat> the events industry was completely flipped upside down. So. And it was devastating. I lost um, just like every, uh, I'm sure, property and and for profit, not for profit. Um, you know, the, the the layoffs and and the it was just absolutely devastating for for people and and their well being and and yeah. being able to you know really have to to look at uh, to other forms of of being involved in events or or switch careers uh, in some yeah. cases. So. It was it was absolutely devastating for us, and it was the first time in 108 years would have been to, um, 2020 where we did not move forward with the event uh, during yeah. the pandemic. So, and people have heard this, you know. Um, again, we survived multiple world wars. We survived uh, the flood in 2013. Um, the list goes on, and but couldn't survive the pandemic. So, absolutely devastating um, for that. But you really. You know how can we how can we look at the um, the opportunity that it created? So, you know, even though going into 2020 we weren't having the 10-day event, so many of our sponsors said we're still supporting you. Um, so many of them still said um, we know because we're an events-based industry. It's not just the 10 days for us. We have in a normal year close to over a thousand events on Stampede Park, right? right. So 
And the funding that comes from your signature event uh, goes towards so many important initiatives, I'm sure, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's really, um, it, it was it was overall from a business standpoint, um, no revenue was coming in. So it was really quite devastating. So then, then we, we, when our sponsors came on board and we created the revenue that we needed, we, we created the Spirit Campaign. And we just wanted to give something back to the community in 2020. Um, so the Spirit Campaign was, was really about the community. It was really about drive through, you know, doing something back to the community. We had um, thousands, and this is a small example, but a good example, we had thousands of flower beds and plants we do to, you know, provide a level of pagination across the park for the 10 day event that we had already purchased, that was already secured in uh, Q1 of, of 2020. So what we did, and we, but when we wanted to engage our volunteers, the volunteers brought all those plants and flowers to the communities. And we were able to just, just do something like that That's to awesome. bring back from a spirit campaign. We're thinking of you. We showed up with our cowboy hats on, our boots, um, and all of our vehicles, and we just, you know, we're able able to do that. Thank you, GMC, for the vehicles that year. Ah, there so you go. Yeah. it was it was really um, a great opportunity uh, to do that. And then the spirit campaign. Well, something's got to be happening for Stampede. Something, Jesus Christ, man, something's got to be happening. Everybody <laughs> was was you know waiting. Uh, for us to come back with something. Yeah, it was this mix of like spirit and anger, right? Yeah, <laughs> Coming like together, we, like it's got to happen. We it's can't. Gotta, something's got to happen. So, yeah. because we knew organically Calgarians were just going to do it anyway, put on a Calgary Stampede playlist on your favorite, you know, station and have a backyard um, mm. bash with your, you know, a case of Budweiser or whatever. So, there's all kinds of things that that people were doing organically, but then we wanted to, to own a few things. So we really created the drive through pancake breakfast and still had a BMO Kids Day back in 2020 and and uh, with a BMO supported and just really, really fun ways to still be safe um, and provide a level of, of stampede spirit for the community. So that was 2020. Um, then you get into fast forward, uh, you get into Q4 of, of 2020, getting into and by Q4. By the way, when you did all that in 2020, you yeah. thought, ah, oh, it's all good. This will be behind us by 21, so no worries. <laughs> well, I think I think back then it was, um, and, uh, and also obviously a, a great crew of volunteers and a very skeleton crew uh, of what we were able to do um, in 2020. But it was really, we knew the vaccines had to come out. Um, the world knew our leaders, uh, whether it be your your doctors, your your uh, government leaders, your priests, whatever the case may be, um, the you know you knew something had to happen because this was just exploding, and and the level of confidence was happening more and more as we were getting into 2021. That uh, and then when the vaccine rollout came um, and and it was approved, then that gave confidence and that gave more opportunities. We were so selfishly on the stampede side, we also knew that we were in a July event. We also learned in July the hospitalizations and the ICU patients were down. Um, we also knew that um, COVID hated heat and hated uh, summer months and outdoor events. So we had some check marks beside the sure. boxes for us going into 2021. So we were incredibly confident that we were going to have the event in 2021 scale down um appropriately uh safety precautions 
between our disinfectant sanitation strategy spent you know um hundreds of thousands of dollars to yeah. make sure that the park was again we're a 220 acre park right so it's <laughs> it's a lot of space to to make sure our facilities uh were were, were clean we are gbac uh, accredited um, which is the global bio risk accreditation um to to really make sure that people felt safe coming into that's uh, our facilities so all of these you know, uh, operational guidelines were set into place, not only for the 10 days, but also our year round uh, events and third party events that we have on the park. So anyway, all of these things were happening to to really give level of confidence. And of course, all in, a, in collaboration with um, the uh, Ministry of Health and obviously the, uh, the operating body, which is Alberta Health Services or AHS. So everything um, that we did was really they 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 approved and they made sure that we were um going to have the best event that we possibly could so that's where really so a little bit of backstory hopefully wasn't sure. too boring for everybody but it was no no i love that that's really and i love the 20 you, you're right you, you can't talk about it without what happened in 20 and how you didn't just you know bury your heads uh you 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 got out to the community and you gave the community some some spirit and some joy right when and we talk about it over and over again when everybody needed it uh this the stampede's a, a beacon every year for so many so you you did a great thing by taking it to the community as best you could yeah and there's absolutely and, and thank you for that because we we're very proud of what we were able to do and there's absolutely nothing wrong for those pro properties out there that decided to make the difference and and just kind of have to put a pause on 2020 yep. and move forward to 2021. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But when you're a community-based association, the way that we are a volunteer-based organization, um, it was pretty important for the brand to really, you know, um, okay. we actually switched our brand from Calgary Stampede to Community Spirit. Uh, the C Lazy wow. S to Community Spirit just for that short period of time to really. It makes me think. Um, it makes me think. You know, I had a chat uh, one of my podcasts, Michael Bartlett, who's now at Canada Basketball. Um, he was uh, head of community relations for MLSC, and he talked, uh, just opened my eyes a bit and talked about how we see ourselves as a community builder first and foremost. And I've got to believe a property like yours in, in that market um, is not just a rodeo, a stampede, a, an event, a property. You're a, a massive part of the community, a community builder, right? And And in times of crisis right mlsc talks about it in this market how they have to step up um because they want to you guys would be the same thing right yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely there was a good example these past couple of years it, yeah. it really was and um so you know you really to, to just to continue to into 2021 we really we really needed that public sentiment and, and when we started getting into even um, fast forwarding a little bit to May, well, Alberta was, I think, the most cases uh, per capita in North America. Like it was, it was very, very difficult to understand how you're going to attempt to have an event with close to a million people, um, or as close as we could get um, to that. So, um, however, six weeks later, it's June and our case counts are minimal, host hospitalizations are minimal, and, and we're getting into a, a three-stage approach by our provincial government to actually lift all restrictions by July 1st. 
you know, and um, our event started July 9th. So it was, it was. Um, that is a little touch and go, it probably, right? There had to be a lot of like deadlines that uh, were being very carefully watched. Deadlines that were watched. And there was uh, metrics aside from it. The government made it very clear that this isn't about the event and, and large events and bring back as much of the economy. We can't do that until 70 percent get vaccinated. Yeah. Right. Those. We can't do this unless um, we have these hospitalizations are under 150, ICUs are under 80, uh, and excuse yeah. me, but those stats are probably incorrect, but I'm just using them as yes. examples. Yes. So the, there was very clear that we needed to hit these milestones to be able to activate and, and lift restrictions. Stampede is just one, you know, economic driver within the city. It's it's really about the overall province uh for our, obviously our, our provincial government to see what we could bring back so it was uh and 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 then all restrictions were lifted uh, we hit those those targets and uh so i congratulate uh, albertans for that and and really allowed allowed us to have a celebration um and that's what we were able to do what uh, kind of ball what kind of traffic foot traffic would you have versus a normal year this 21 yeah, it was about it was it was hit that 50 60 percent um, is where we hit pretty, so pretty big numbers. Very, so. Still very successful for us um, coming off of obviously no event in 2020. And obviously you charged everybody double. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The uh, no, not at all. It was yeah. it was the um, how can you make it um, familiar yet different, and mm -hmm. and really that's what our guests have always told us in our research so keep it familiar but do something different so mm -hmm. we we wanted to have um the midway you know as as open as we possibly could we, lo we lost about 20 percent of the rides that we normally would have between i'm sorry 20 percent between the rides and the and the food vendors so for that zone on the park um, but then you know for our licensed venues we reduced the number of licensed venues but then we made um, which uh, Nashville North is certainly uh, a recognized brand when it comes oh. to our event. Um, and that's that's essentially, you know, one of our on-park licensed venues. We, we increased the size of that um, through, of course, the support of, of Fire and, and, and Alberta Health Services. So, oh. um, so there was these different experiences that people were able to have, um, but then we want to have the safety. So again, you need to show proof of vaccination. Um, to get in to that venue, uh, Nashville North, or you had to take a rapid test. So we okay. produced that as well. Um, so it was, it was a lot of these different. Let's let's have the event. Let's make sure the there's there's wide walkways for every because you got tens of thousands of people arriving yeah. per day. Let's make sure they have lots of elbow room. Let's make sure that they're they're feeling confident and uh, and it worked out. Um, and I know we're going to get into sponsors here very quick, but um we ended up only having 0.01% of our guests uh test positive um, wow. from, from a tracing standpoint yeah so it was only 71 uh people who they okay. traced back to the Calgary Stampede which was pretty uh pretty remarkable and, and yeah yeah for an event of that scale for sure so so then pivot to sponsor engagement uh, what stood out to you what were your you know your conversations like uh, leading up to because uh, they obviously they did some things in the community with you in 2020 but now they're it's it's elevating to a different level trying to get back to some semblance of fan engagement now uh, in a new 
uh, new this new format. Uh, talk a little bit about what some of those conversations were like, maybe some of the activations that that took place that might have been a little different. Yeah, it was um, the the conversations. I, I don't know how many times I heard or um, heard the word uncertainty. Um, <laughs> if I only had a nickel. Second and, to pivot, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And and so and, and complementary what I just mentioned about where we were in April and May as a province, um, and even in Ontario had you know very challenging. Excuse me, Q2. Um, so, you know, when it came to it, so a lot of the decision makers, um, that we had were either from the U S or, or Toronto and, and they needed to make some very difficult decisions. So the uncertainty really spoke to brands who had made a very difficult decision not to activate at all. Um, a very difficult decision to not host at all. Um, and it went from that extreme which we respected their decision. That's that's their brand and that's that's their corporate policy and and so forth. And to some companies that had a hybrid of both, we're still going to host, but not as much as we normally would. Uh, but we're not going to activate, or we're not going to. We're going to take a pause on sponsoring that event. Um, that was their decision. They knew that they would still happily give us the rights fees uh, to get to to be supportive of the event, but because they knew it was their their decision to not activate and uh, not host as much as they used and, to. And, and just on that, I imagine some of those decisions were not just because of resources, it was optics. I would imagine some said, I don't know if it makes, or maybe I'm wrong, but I've heard that in other cases. Tell me if you heard it at all. Um, we don't feel it's the right thing to do in these times to be out activating, or was it strictly about you know, we just kind of have to pick our spots and we don't have the resources and to, because of the uncertainty, we, we can't do it right. So we just don't want to do it. Yeah, it was it was certainly optics and brand um, affiliation uh, with large scale events. And the um, the resources would have been secondary because they already made the decision to not uh, do it. So the and and they made it very clear as well this is for 2021 only cannot wait to be involved and to continue to support and activate again and and when it comes to you know prepping and, and being part of the stampede for 22 so um and I, and again uh that we respected that and and we under we we completely understood especially when they're making that decision at the end of q1 and start of q2 right when you're looking at the end of march april may um you know, you, you just couldn't fathom um, that an event was like ours was going to happen. But, you know, we had a year under our belts of looking at the trends of where the peaks were and how long the peaks lasted. So with uh, complete collaboration with Alberta Health, they knew July was going to be OK and this was going to come down and vaccines were going to roll out. So so that gave us confidence to to be able to have the best event that we possibly could. Um, but just to finish back on the sponsors, then we had other sponsors who fully activated and fully hosted and felt, hey, we're in it, good or bad. You guys are having the event, we're there. So there was there was this massive shift of when you have you know the the levels of sponsorships that we have, it was it was fascinating to and it goes back to 
to go trace back to our first conversation about account management to really be able to understand um, the the full scope of why these sponsors were making these decisions and the priorities that they needed to make it wasn't about money. It was strictly about the optics and about the association um, at this time for large scale events. So like I said, I need to be clear in fairness to those brands. It was specific to hard decisions around 2021 only. So Makes sense. yeah, so it was, um, it was absolutely um, um, some very difficult conversations, um, some very positive conversations, and a hybrid of, of in-between. Um, yeah. yeah. Do, do you want to just spotlight, and I know it's like picking your favorite child, but uh, any any that maybe were particularly uh, different and engaging for, for patrons um, in this new format with sponsors, activations that stood out? No, the 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 sponsors that did activate um, would be the ones you would expect, right? There's there's the um, you know when GMC uh, came to the table with their their uh, activation on Park, they're such a cr crucial part of not only our operations year round. Um, we have a fleet of, of GMC vehicles to help operate the park, but you know the way that they were really able to still have a crowd engagement, still have um, the the number of vehicles they had in the park, and then they're heavily involved with our Stampede lotteries um, when it comes to the prize prizing for our lotteries groups. So um, they did an amazing job in working collaboratively with us, and you know, and again back into the recreational vehicles, um, the market's huge. I mean, uh, because of 2020, GMC and I'm sure their competitors as well did very well in selling trucks because people had to haul trailers because they were going camping and um and polaris is is a, a major sponsor of ours so they had a, a a way to be able to showcase there um and and really look at how they can still engage um you know our guests knowing that we were going to have tens of thousands of people down at the park and hundreds of thousands uh, of people down the park so um i can't help but just give a couple quick shout outs for them and and good for them for leveraging an opportunity to have a large-scale outdoor event when their customers are buying their products for outdoor recreation right so it, well it that's it like sense. we we all you read was the goods market because the services market got killed the goods market exploded right everybody's buying trucks and cars and atvs and uh, renovating homes and you know uh, water vehicles and <laughs> watercrafts. It's exactly. you know new new appliances, uh, new barbecues. It just all those things exploded. So you're right. Some brands, uh, obviously, we don't let's we won't even talk about uh, the baking goods and the and the flour products, right? Everybody making their own bread. Uh, so some brands certainly. Uh, didn't didn't uh, did did exceptionally well in these last 18 months. Yeah, and you know what? And it, it it's not disrespecting the other brands who didn't activate because you look at what Labatt and their 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 team of brands, um, you know what they did within our licensed venues to provide a greater guest experience. Musicians were so ecstatic to be able to perform in front of live crowds again. Um, it, it was absolutely amazing. So they knew. Uh, they needed to provide, you know, that a, a great experience for them in those licensed venues. And so the 
it, it was a lot of fun um, once we got the the 10 days going and we were really able to see everything come to life. It was really, it's it's why I do what I do. I, I just I have such an amazing passion for the 10 day event and it's it's just it's such a blast. That's awesome. Um, uh, we we've I've kept you longer than I said I would, so we'll we, just a, a few more more moments here. But this has been awesome. Um, uh, one last thing on sponsorship uh, and the, you know your activations and then just professional development. Had, did any anything kind of evolve into? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we've always been so focused on live experience. We're going to create and beef up and try something new through digital and social that wasn't there before. Were any any examples of partners that, uh, or maybe what the property, what you guys did to create something to reach an audience who doesn't come out in person? Yeah, it's it's really the people who couldn't or made the decision either couldn't make it or made the decision not to make it. Our social platform is you know, a, a really a, a heavy awareness piece. We we want to show people the value of coming down and seeing it live. Um, you know, some of our biggest um, moments are skylines and fireworks uh, within digital platforms because the fireworks this year was over the top. Um, um, I had clients that I was with who were sat there and watched the fireworks and they teared up. It was so... Uh, like just to be outdoors again and to be able to to have that they they absolutely uh loved it as as part of the bell uh grandstand show having that that fireworks so really um you know when you you break out and you draw awareness to our theme days that we would have had with family day or with kids day or um in ways we can activate you know um you know in a normal year it would be showcasing these, you know, kids that are getting their faces painted. And so it's really, uh, it really drives a number of different demographics to to come down the park and see it themselves. Awesome. Um, yeah, let's let's wrap with um, with professional development advice. And it is simple, like, uh, you know, anybody who's had a successful career and, um, you know, has learned a few things and has some habits that they lean on or, or uh, things that they do to keep them productive and growing. But but just, you know, there's so many, as I say, so many people, what I found is a lot of listeners are people who want to get into the industry and they learn so much from, you know, the great guests I have. But, you know, any any thoughts on what, what uh, you'd want to share? Well, I, I can't help but promote because um, it was so so invaluable to me uh, and the people that I met in, the, in, in what I've learned uh, over the years with SMCC. Um, if there's right. a way that you want to get into the industry, start going to some of those events, seeing them virtual, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I know that they're, they'll be looking at the membership programs again and, and how we're able to bring that together. And um, for myself and, and my team, just constantly educating yourself. I've taken professional selling courses. Um, you know, not all the information is relevant specific to the selling sponsorship, but easily 80, 85% of it is um, because a lot of those professional selling courses, um, you know, whether it be with yourself, Gavin, or whether it be with, with other, you know, uh, companies um, sometimes focus on, you know, consumable goods or widgets or, or industrial or, 
whatever the case may be. Um, you know, sponsorship sales is very unique. Uh, I don't have to tell you that. Um, so it's it's really keeping on top in, in making that decision. If you want to be in sponsorship sales, then or account management or leading people or um, you know, there's some amazing, amazing uh, courses that I certainly valued going into the, especially 2020 and 2021. Um, you know, we have, we take, we took here at the Stampede um, Insights uh, course. So I know what my colors are uh, <laughs> to be able to, uh, to really be able to, and it's funny because we actually, they give you a tool to keep these colored blocks on your desk. So when you're going in to talk to oh, somebody, come you can on. See so what are your colors? Yeah. What are your colors? Oh, so my colors, are, I'm sunshine yellow. Yeah, I, I kick it off with sunshine yellow, but it's. <laughs> That's an awesome know, one. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's really looking at you and i are uh, both wearing dark black uh, shirts here today is that yeah, black yeah, uh, that navy uh, blazer yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um but you know and understanding when you take in these courses what that means and the type of personalities people have because not to get too much into professional selling but you need to adjust your style to the type of person you're speaking to right so you get start getting somebody who's you know cool blue and they're very analytical and detail oriented well, you're not, they don't care about the weather and they don't care about how your weekend was and, or a fiery red, who's just all results oriented only. You I know, love it. If you really, you, you've bought into this program. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's really, because that's the problem I see with some of those is, is I love all that stuff. And I find it's, what do you do with it after, right? Uh, you don't want to learn do do this, these insights courses or Myers-Briggs or disc analysis and, and then just, forget it right it's important to to practice it so and it sounds like you really have embraced it which is uh so important but i i, I love what you said because i've often said in my the training i do is the most important ability in sales is adaptability you know it's exactly what you just said right it's it's yeah. you can't come with one style to every meeting you, you really can't and and you look at, you know, we've I've taken the crucial conversations courses and I've taken. So it's really those um, experience based um, go to the sponsorship X events, go to which is the largest Canadian forum, go to, um, you know, the the Western sponsorship forum events that, you know, um, Brent Baroudis and his team, I think, have put uh, across the country now go to if you can make it to chicago for the esp and the ieg conferences they're just a vast of experience and knowledge that you're going to have in chatting with people um so i think between any type of experience exposure those are my three e's experience exposure education um and the experience exposure is, is literally 90 percent doable 10 percent of education is is really what i tell uh people and and really what i've been successful at understanding and and uh seen some results with it so it's kind of nice awesome we'll cut it there um listen thank you uh for taking the time tremendous insights and i always learn a lot uh and uh, that's that's a nice bonus so uh appreciate you doing this and just wishing you uh and the family all the best uh, enjoy what's left of the summer and uh and uh, we'll look forward to hearing uh, how the 22 uh, event comes together. Maybe I'll find a way to get out there. Yeah, please. You got an open invitation with me. I hope you know that. And uh, for you know everybody, the events events industry is coming back. 
um, get out there, get out to your events where you feel safe, where you want to go, support your local community events. Um, they, they, they really need it coming off of 2020 and going into 2021 here, and especially going into 2022. Uh, so thank you for this, Gavin. Man, it's been a long time since we've been talking about getting together. So uh, I'm glad it worked out. All right, pal. Thank you.